welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica Peretti, astrologer, yoga teacher, and Real Housewives historian. Each week, I give you a peek into the heavens so you can harness the energy of the planets up there and dictate your fate down here on Earth. Hey guys, welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica. And this podcast is coming out a little bit late this week because I've had a lot going on. So if you follow me on the gram, you know that I've been phone banking and text banking and giving lots of money to the Democrat Senate candidates as well as Joe Biden, trying to get out the vote and do everything I can for this election. Yeah, it is a really, really big deal. And if you are considering not voting, Please, please, I implore you to show up, show up and exercise your right to vote. We are so fortunate in this country that that is a right. It is not a right for many people and was not a right for women for a long time, for people of color. So really, this is an important moment in our time as a nation assuming you're American. I know there are some. We have a few non-American listeners, but not that many based on the data I have from the podcast. So for the majority of you, I implore you to exercise your right to vote and to exercise that right to vote for Joe Biden because so many reasons. And we'll talk about that a little bit later today. So this week, the podcast is coming out a little bit late because I'm going to cover this week and next week, or a little bit of next week, because the election is going to be on November 3rd, Tuesday. Usually the podcast comes out on Tuesday. I've been a little overwhelmed this week, which is why it's late, but it's kind of working out because next week I want to put the podcast out a little bit late so that hopefully we know Joe Biden is president and I can talk a little bit about that. But today we're going to dive in at the end of this broadcast with a reading of the USA's chart because the US has a birth chart just like you and I do, just like every country, every city, every state, every event has a birth chart. And we're also going to look at Donald Trump's chart and Joe Biden's chart and how they talk to the chart of the USA, how they are felt by the country. So we'll dig into that later. So stay tuned. With that said, let's jump into the week. So we're in Scorpio season. You know, the season of Scorpio is about death and rebirth. And this is the week of Halloween, although I keep forgetting about Halloween because I'm so focused on Election Day. And Halloween is a time that... The veil is thin between the material world where we live and the spiritual realm, right? So in the old days, the Celtic holiday of Samhain, I think that's how you pronounce it, people dressed up as saints and they visited door to door. And that's how we came up with this idea of dressing up in costumes and trick-or-treating. So the idea was that the ghosts came down to this realm that we're living on and communicated with us and that it was believed that human beings had more access to collective consciousness, universal knowledge, 
really more psychic intuitive abilities. And so all of that I think is probably still accurate. It's probably really clouded by the noise of Halloween that we experience in our culture, but something to tap into this year because this year is not going to be a normal Halloween. If you have kids, you're probably not going to have as many activities on the agenda. If you're an adult, you're not going to any parties. So it's a great opportunity to lean into the spiritual side of Halloween and connect with your loved ones that have passed on. The other thing about this Halloween is that we have a full moon. So the full moon is in the sign of Taurus. It's the opposite sign from Scorpio. The full moon in Taurus on Halloween is a blue moon because it's not actually blue. The phrase once in a blue moon means that it is the second full moon in one month's time. Because this is the second full moon in October, it is considered a blue moon. Now with this blue moon, we have actually very intense full moon that we're going to be experiencing. So we're going to get into that. But I want you to connect with this idea right now of Scorpio season. This full moon in Taurus means the sun is in Scorpio, illuminating that full moon in Taurus. And Taurus is a fixed earth sign. It's the earthiest of the earth signs, and it's interested in growing things. So Scorpio is really interested in merging our energy with the the God of our own understanding. Scorpio is the sign of sex, merging your energetic field with someone else. That's what happens in a sexual encounter. Scorpio is all about the long-term commitment of merging. Of course, you don't have to have sex in a long-term committed relationship, but often people are having sex in long-term committed relationships. So there's a sense of merging your energies for a long committed period of time with Scorpio. Scorpio rules death, sex, and other people's money or taxes. So there's something about commitment in Scorpio and Scorpio people are incredibly loyal and committed. If you have, if you're lucky enough to have some Scorpio friends as I do, they are incredibly loyal, committed people, and they really show up when they decide to be in a friendship or relationship with you. They really show up. Now, Scorpio is the sign of death, which means that when we're talking about Scorpio, we're talking about letting things go and making space for rebirth because Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. Pluto is the sign of destruction for the sake of transformation. He's the Lord Shiva of the planets. Consider all of that as we move through Scorpio season because we're going to consistently be reminded of the life cycle in Scorpio season. Birth, life, death, and rebirth. And so Halloween is that moment in the year where the realm of the dead and the living seems to merge. And so that is the essence of what we're working with right now. Scorpio is always seeking growth and transformation. And so right now, many of us feel like our lives are on the line with this election and we are working so hard. Scorpio is also a hard worker. So 
this is transformative, this moment we're living in and the way that so many of us are showing up to really proactively be citizens in a democracy is a transformative moment in time. And so I am really, I'm really optimistic that we're going to look back on this time as a moment of some serious transformation for the better, for the rebirth of this particular society. I feel like this is putting the cart before the horse to say this, but I just said to my fiance before I started recording that I feel like Donald Trump saved democracy because so many of us have spent these last four years getting educated, gaining knowledge, showing up and making democracy a practice in our life. I've never phone banked before. I've never text banked before. I've never donated to candidates. I've never canvassed. I canvassed and knocked on doors for the midterm election in upstate New York. I'm phone banking to people in North Carolina and Georgia and Florida. So the level of activism that we're all showing up for, or many of us are showing up for, is transformative. And regardless of the results of the election, of course, I'm really hopeful. We have been changed, each of us on an individual level, because of the action we've taken in response to seeing what is happening in our society. Lots of political talk this week. Bear with me. Back to astrology, Mercury and Venus are both in Libra now. So Mercury is still retrograde. So he entered Libra through the back door. So imagine if Libra was a house, Mercury came in through the the back door and Venus just entered through the front door. So Venus is at the early stages of Libra, early degrees of Libra, and Mercury is at the late degrees of Libra. Mercury is not going to be there too long. If there are any weird recurrences that are coming up in your life right now, if you are noticing that people are filtering back into your life that you haven't talked to in a long time, I had a long catch-up phone chat with a friend who moved to LA years ago, and we just haven't talked that much. I went to the bank, and I ended up actually getting assigned to the person who signed me up for my Chase bank account over 10 years ago. So funny recurrences, especially when it comes to other people in your relationships, that's Mercury sending you a message. So pay attention to that. If you're having miscommunications show up in your relationships, those miscommunications are a portal into which you can actually dive in and do some of that work around untangling some of those psychic and emotional patterns. This is what the Mercury retrograde is about. I know it's annoying. It's really a pain in the butt. I have felt like this Mercury retrograde has been one of the most intense I've experienced in a really long time, both in a lot of good ways, like really connecting deeply with friends that I haven't talked to in a while, and in super little weird nuisance ways, just little things like the sound on Zoom not working right, and I had no idea, and my yoga students didn't tell me, and it's been going on for weeks. Little funny things like that. An Instagram friend, she recorded her podcast and it turned out that it was like all crackly and she has no idea why. So we just, we all are having really 
interesting experiences of this Mercury retrograde. And I don't know why that is. I just think it's a, I think it's an intense one. And then of course we all are impacted differently based on our personal chart. So while I might be having a really tough Mercury retrograde, you might be like, I haven't even noticed this one, but the last one really killed me. So it really does depend on your chart as to how potent some of these transits are, which is why it's good to get a chart reading. So you know what's going on in your personal chart. Okay. So with Mercury and Venus in Libra, the hope here is that people will be a little more diplomatic because Libra is the sign of the scales, fairness, equality. Libra is the sign of compromise. It's the one-on-one relationship. You come from your perspective. I come from my perspective and we meet somewhere in the middle. I don't know that we're going to see that. I hope we're going to see that. I hope it makes us all a little bit more diplomatic. We'll see. It's just such a high anxiety time here in this country that I just am not sure that the astrology can even cut through some of the heaviness. In fact, I feel like the sky, the weather is a reflection of our energy and our mood these days because it feels like it's been cloudy and rainy in New York for three weeks and my mother is having the same weather in Florida and I just think that we are all feeling so intensely burdened right now and the sky is reflecting that burden. And I know that sounds bananas because, you know, weather patterns and whatever, but it really feels like that. It feels like the sky and the heaviness and the rain and the gray and the clouds and the low hanging sky are just an embodiment of how we are all feeling. And if you are living in another part of the world and it's beautiful and sunny, I'm so happy for you, but that's how New York has been feeling. And that's how a lot of the East coast has been feeling. So let's talk about the full moon on Sunday because Saturday, I'm sorry, on Saturday, because that is going to be major. So the full moon on Saturday, remember all that stuff I said about how the Libra Mercury and the Venus and Libra, we're just going to be feeling a little more diplomatic. We're also going to be feeling more social because of that stuff. So you really got to be careful. Let me give you a little PSA. Several people in New York, even with the case cases being very, very low in New York compared to the rest of the country or many parts of the country, I personally know two people that have tested positive for COVID in the past couple of weeks. So this is a really important time to go back to the basics, you know, the mask wearing, the washing, the hands, all that stuff. Really take care of yourself. I think that we need to be a little more disciplined over the next few weeks, probably the next few months. And I know that's really hard pill to swallow, but it's the reality. The astrology is getting lighter. It is getting better. Come December, I think we're going to feel much better. We do have some really interesting astrology in January, but things will start to lighten up. And I do think we're going to make big inroads as we go toward 2021 with therapeutics and a vaccine and all of that, because we're going to have a ton of Aquarius energy and Aquarius is the sign of science and the future and humanity. Those are all really good signs. But in the meantime, mask up, do what you need to get back to your quarantine pod. Make sure your quarantine pod is not taking reckless risks and just be mindful. 
So the full moon on Saturday is an intense one. Again, it's a blue moon, second full moon in the month of October. The full moon is conjunct Uranus. Oh boy. So literally my notes say, oh boy, you know, the full moon conjunct Uranus at eight degrees. So Uranus is at eight degrees Taurus. Fun fact, it is conjunct my natal Venus and it's been sitting around there for quite some time. This full moon is happening on my natal Venus. So if you have anything at eight degrees Taurus, eight degrees Scorpio, eight degrees Aquarius or Leo, this full moon will have a significant impact. Same if you're nine degrees or seven degrees or 10 degrees or close to that degree. If that's going over your head and you have no idea what I'm talking about, do not worry. This is a full moon that is going to bring surprises because Uranus, I always say, is an equal opportunity shit star. It's like your favorite real housewife who changes teams all the time and is always stirring up the drama. That's Uranus. And so Uranus is a change maker, which is great. We need that change, right? We need things to shift. We need things to evolve. But it doesn't always happen in a way that feels comfortable. And it doesn't always happen in a way that feels safe and secure. So it is usually comes very quickly and in a surprising way. So just be open and available to things not going the way you expect them to go this full moon. The other piece of this full moon is that Mercury retrograde is square Saturn. Now that perfects on Sunday, which means that they're exactly square, but we are going to be feeling it with the full moon and we're going to be feeling it for the next week. You know, Mercury square Saturn, it can feel like you want to go fast, but something is slowing you down or you need some information and you're not getting all of the pieces of the puzzle or you're having trouble finding the words to express yourself in a way that flows. It feels hard. It feels arduous. This says to me that we're probably going to have a slow trickle out of information on election night because this energy is going to be strong all through next week, okay? Because Mercury is retrograde and slowing down because Mercury is going to station to move direct on election day on November 3rd. So... Because of that, Mercury and Saturn are going to be kind of locked in this square formation for about a week. So they're going to meet up in the square on Sunday, but then they're going to meet up again later next week. That's because Mercury is going backward. He's going to stop on November 3rd and then start to move forward. So he's going to hit that square with Saturn twice. It is going to definitely slow down things when it comes to the mail and communication and 
talking and texting and communicating and you might have miscommunications with people and someone's going to tell you, go get on that line, but you were supposed to get on the other line. These are the kinds of things that Mercury retrograde does. And when Saturn gets in the mix, it just makes it a little bit slower, a little bit more tedious, a little bit more arduous, as I said. So that is something to realize. So count on everything being surprising and counts on everything taking longer than you expect it to take. And we already know that you have to expect that because we're seeing these voting lines that are three, four, five, and eight hours long throughout the country, right? So we already know that that's what's to expect. But really, you want to expect that on election day as well. Now, hopefully, Uranus will be like, hey, surprise, took five minutes to vote, but we just don't know. The thing with Uranus conjunct the full moon is that it makes us impatient but mercury square saturn is like asking us for patience so we're being challenged right now and we have to really work that muscle of patience at this moment the full moon is in the fifth house in the chart of the full moon and so that is the chart of babies and I don't know if it's just me, but everyone I know is pregnant. So you're going to hear more pregnancies. Lots of babies might be born in this full moon. They will be born in this full moon because more babies are born on the full moon or around the full moon than any other time of the month. That's real. That's data, statistics. So I'm sure we're going to see a ton of births around this full moon because the full moon is actually in the fifth house which means the sun is in the 11th house. And the 11th house is the house of humanity, the house of the collective, the group, the community. The 11th house is also the future. And the 11th house is hopes and dreams. So that part of the chart for this full moon is being illuminated. So with that said, fifth house, it's babies, but it's also your individual self-expression. So I implore you to express yourself and get on a phone bank, get on a text bank, talk to people in your family or friends about voting and why you're voting the way you're voting, because we really want to, we need to work together collectively so that we can achieve our hopes and dreams. That's what the full moon is about. And it is the day of the dead. So let's honor our recently departed Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Let's honor her. So much of her work was about the collective, about all women, about all people, all genders. So let's really honor her by using our voices. The full moon also has the south node on the ascendant, which means that we're going to be really tempted to fall back into our old ways. We're going to be tempted to fall back into our old habits. That is an invitation for you to untangle some of that psychic and emotional patterning that you tend to fall back into when things are stressful or they're not going the way you expect them to. So that's something to look for. On Sunday, we have Mercury square Saturn. I already mentioned that. We also have Venus opposite Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer. We're going to be feeling sensitive and vulnerable to criticism, especially in our relationships. So if you are to have a tendency like me to be the one that is the critic, try to dial it down. And if you are the one who is overly sensitive, try to layer on the tough skin that morning on Sunday. 
on Monday, the moon moves into Gemini and it's going to stay there through election day. So it will be, the moon will be in Gemini into Wednesday afternoon, Eastern time. We're going to get into Trump's chart and the USA and Joe Biden's chart, but Trump is a Gemini. So look at how he acts on election day. Usually when the moon goes into Gemini each month, he tends to send a lot of tweets. So we'll watch the tweets. Gemini rules choices and it rules neighborhoods. So sounds like voting to me. Tuesday is election day and Mercury is going to station direct at 12.50 p.m. Eastern. The moon is going to square Neptune. That can breed a lot of confusion, especially because the moon is going to be in Gemini, which is always two choices, two options. What do I do? Oh, there's a squirrel. Oh, there's a squirrel. So when the moon's in Gemini, we can be a little scattered. We can be a little bit distracted. So pay attention to what's coming up on Tuesday with the election coverage. Pay attention to the stories that are getting covered. Pay attention to the distraction tactics. Pay attention to the confusion that maybe you're feeling or that you are being fed. Venus is going to be in conjunct Uranus, which means that there's going to be an adjustment to be made. Venus is our values. Uranus is that equal opportunity change maker. And when there is an inconjunction, it just means that we're adjusting. So we might have to adjust our tactic based on our values, or we might have to adjust how we approach our relationships around that time. So we'll see how all that goes on Tuesday. The moon is going to enter cancer on Wednesday at 4.45 PM Eastern. My hope is that Wednesday, after the moon moves into Cancer, we will know that Joe Biden is president. And my hope for that is because the U.S. is a Cancer country. Our son is in Cancer. July 4th is our birthday. So I'm hopeful that that moon in Cancer will send some nice clarifying vibes and we'll know. Or it's a possibility that we won't know anything until Mars goes direct on November 13th. So remember, Mars has been retrograde for nearly two months now, and it's going to be two months, November 13th. So the the whole time that people have been voting, pretty much, Mercury has been retrograde and Mars has been retrograde. So it's possible that it's not going to be until November 13th when Mars goes direct that we actually have an answer. But I'm hopeful that that's not the case. So that's your week. Let's do a quick review of the moons. So we started the week with the moon in Pisces. The moon is in Aries today. The moon's going to go into Taurus on Friday the 30th in the early evening. And then we'll have that full moon in Taurus on Saturday at 1049 a.m. And then... On Sunday, the moon will still be in Taurus. Monday, the moon moves into Gemini. We have the moon in Gemini through Tuesday, election day into Wednesday, the 4th of November. And then the moon doesn't move into Cancer until 4.45 p.m. And then we have the moon in Cancer until Friday. So fingers crossed the Cancer moon on the November 4th, 5th, and 6th will deliver us some election results. So that's what I got you for the week. 
I hope that's helpful. Really pay attention to that Taurus full moon on Halloween on Saturday. If you would like to join me for a full moon ritual, I teach a restorative yoga and release ritual every Sunday near the full moon in online yoga club. If you've been wondering what that's like, you have an opportunity this week. If you make a contribution to Joe Biden or any of the Senate Democrats running in 2020, and you screenshot that email confirmation of your contribution and email it to me or DM it to me on Instagram, you can attend the restorative class on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern as my guest. So if you're interested in doing that, just hit me up, either DM me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti or shoot me an email. And I would love to have you in our restorative. And if you're interested in online yoga club, you can always learn more about that on my website, veronicaparetti.com or shoot me a message and we can talk about it. So we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk Uh, about the chart for the U.S. and about the candidates. All right, we're back. So let's look at the USA's chart first. So the USA's chart is set for July 4th, 1776, 4.50 p.m. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's where the Declaration of Independence was signed. So we have in the chart of the U.S., Let's look at the big three first. So oftentimes when you look at a chart, the first three things you look at are the sun, the moon, and the rising. So the sun for the U.S., as I mentioned earlier, is in the sign of cancer. So that's your, you know, Statue of Liberty. Give me your poor. Give me your hungry. Give me your needy come into my open arms, right? So this idea of welcoming everyone, of being the mama bear, of taking care of the world, it's all very Cancerian. And remember, Cancer is a leadership sign. It's a cardinal sign. So Cancers are born leaders, even if they're reluctant to take on the leadership, right? So with that, we move to the moon. So the moon in the USA's chart is in the sign of Aquarius. And so Aquarius moon is a little bit detached emotionally. Really the rebel really needs to be to its own drum, really needs to honor its own needs and emotions. It is super interested in independence. But the funny thing about Aquarius is it's such a paradoxical sign because while on an individual level, Aquarians often need their space and they can be a little emotionally distant they love to be a part of something and they love to fight for humanity and they want everyone to experience equality and they want everyone to have the freedom of knowledge. The internet is an Aquarian thing. So this idea that knowledge is free and available to everyone, so Aquarian. And Aquarius is the future. It's technology, it's science. So our moon, our feeling center as a nation is with all of those Aquarian ideals. And remember, Aquarius also rules hopes and dreams. And this is a country where lots of people come to fulfill their hopes and their dreams. 
And then the rising sign. The rising sign is Sagittarius. So that's your guns, that's your god, and that is your rebel also. So Aquarius and Sagittarius share a desire to be the rebel on some level. Sagittarius likes to really have a good time though. Aquarius is a little more on the intellectual side. Sagittarius can be dogmatic. Sagittarius rules religion. It also rules law and higher academia. So Sagittarius is the sign of the student in many ways, but Sagittarius can bring some dogma with it. So if you're looking for where are those Christian evangelicals coming into play, you might look at that rising in Sagittarius. You also might look at that sun in Cancer. We have a lot of Cancer as a nation, and sun in Cancer is the family, the home, the nuclear family, the home unit. That's another place where family values get thrown around a lot in our country and in our politics. And that's also part of that cancer piece. Whenever we look at the chart of any person or entity or country, we look at the midheaven to see its destiny, right? And so the midheaven of the US is Virgo. And Virgo is the selfless servant. It's interesting because Neptune is conjunct the midheaven in this chart for the U.S. So Neptune is our fantasies, our dreams, our ideals, our beliefs. It also can be confusion. It also can be fogginess. It also can be a lack of clarity. So that's an interesting thing to note. The other thing that's interesting is that there's a yod in this chart, which is an aspect in astrology. The yod is a Hebrew word for the finger of God, and it just means the finger of God is pointing to our moon in Aquarius. And that moon in Aquarius is in the third house of neighborhoods, local communities, of communication, of spreading a message. All of that is really important. So all of that is to consider as we take in the charts of Donald Trump and Joe Biden as we look at these, right? So what we're going to do next is we're going to look at Donald Trump's chart with this chart. So we've got Donald Trump's chart outside the USA's chart on the inside. And this is a practice that we call sinistry in astrology. It's when you take two entities' charts and you bring them together and you see how they activate one another. So Donald Trump's son is in the seventh house of the USA. Interestingly enough, his son at 22 degrees Gemini is sitting on our Mars at 21 degrees Gemini. So what does that mean? That means that Donald Trump's son, his life force, it illuminates our country's desire to fight, our country's desire to be aggressive, to be assertive. Mars is masculine energy. So that's pretty obvious, right? Donald Trump's North Node is conjunct his son. And so his North Node is also conjunct our natal Mars as the country. So he's moving us. North node is where you're going. North node is your dharma. North node is, you know, pushing you toward the future. He's taking us in a direction of fighting and aggression. But 
all of that is playing out in the seventh house of the U.S. Seventh house is one-on-one partnerships. So think about that. He's playing into our own worst instincts to be aggressive in our partnerships, to lean into that masculine energy of assertive. Mars in its highest vibration can be assertive, but in its lowest vibration can be very aggressive. He's incited a lot of fighting. By the way, I am completely biased in reading these charts. And as you know, you know my politics. So I am completely biased and it's it's just not going to be an unbiased reading, but I'm doing the best I can here for you guys. So the other thing that's really interesting is that Donald Trump's Mercury is in cancer. So one of the reasons Donald Trump is so sensitive is because his Mercury is in cancer. So his mind is ruled by his emotions because cancer is a water sign. Okay. So his eight degrees Mercury is sitting pretty close to our Jupiter and our sun and our Venus. So his dialogue, his communication, his expression has a very profound impact on us as a country and our sense of self and our life force. And also Jupiter is your abundance. Venus is your money and your values. So not surprising that his communication has had a profound impact on all of those things, on our values as a country, on our ability to create wealth and build abundance, and on our sense of identity. The sun is our ego. It's our identity. So good or bad, he's had an impact, right? Now, his Pluto is actually quite close to our North Node. And when I say our, I mean the USA's chart. So he has a transformative impact on where we're going, on our Dharma, on what we're doing and how we're showing up in the world. It's also in the eighth house. And eighth house is destruction for the sake of rebirth. So not surprising that his impact His Pluto, which is a force of power, is impacting our eighth house of destruction and rebirth. So let's hop over to Joe Biden's chart. So when we look at the USA, again, on the inside, Joe Biden on the outside. So today we're looking at how these two individuals, how they are impacting us as a country or how their chart is impacting the chart of the USA. So Joe Biden is a Scorpio. Uh, You may remember from a previous podcast episode where I did a chart reading for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And all his Scorpio, he's actually Sagittarius rising. So his rising is only five degrees away from our rising as a country. So his chart lines up pretty close to the USA chart, which is interesting. Now, Joe Biden, you may remember, I talked about how he has a a lot of personal planets in Scorpio, including his son, and a lot of them are in his 12th house. And 12th house is things that are hidden away. And so I talked a little bit about this in that previous episode, that he's a little bit of a reluctant 
person to be out in the world. His midheaven, his destiny is to be the selfless servant, that Virgo, the same as our midheaven as a country, service to others. So that's what really pushes him out there. Let's look at where he has some overlaps. So one of the things that pops out to me is that he also has his Pluto on the North Node of the US. Because him and Donald Trump were born only about four years apart, the Pluto didn't move that much, right? Because Pluto's really far away from Earth. He moves real slow. So his Pluto is also conjunct our North Node as a country, which means he's going to also have a transformative impact. Also, that destruction for the sake of rebirth. Perhaps he'll be more on the rebirth side, right? So Trump came first. We got that destruction. Now, hopefully, we'll get that rebirth. His Jupiter, which Jupiter is the expander. He brings blessings. And so his Jupiter is conjunct our Mercury as a nation. And fun fact, Mercury is retrograde in the chart of the USA. So all of you out there who have Mercury retrograde in your chart, now you know you share that with our country. His Saturn is in Gemini conjunct our Uranus. That's interesting. So Uranus is on the descendant of the USA's chart. And that means that our relationship with others can always feel a little bit unsteady. It always feels a little chaotic. But Joe Biden, because his Saturn is in, in Gemini, conjunct that Uranus, he's going to bring some stability, some limits, some boundaries, some regulation to all of that chaos or uncertainty or surprises. His moon is in Taurus and he's a zero degrees moon in Taurus, which means he is an incredibly stable, reliable, steady person who appreciates the small luxuries in life. He likes comfort and his moon is in the fifth house of the United States, which means he is going to help us with that rebirth because the fifth house is the house of of birth of children. It's also the house of our creative self-expression. So bringing back that sense of creativity. The one other thing that I think is super interesting about his relationship to the U.S. chart is that Joe Biden's Chiron, remember that core wound that we all have, it's where our Chiron shows up in our chart. That Chiron is opposite the U.S.'s natal moon in Aquarius which means that he's going to be a healing force and that we're going to emotionally feel healed on some level by his presence. So that's what we got for these charts. Of course, there's way more layers that we can look at. This is just a taste, but it also gives you a feel for what synastry looks like. If you've ever been interested in doing a synastry chart, I can do that for you and your husband, you and your daughter, you and your sister, you and your mom. So synastry can be a really fun tool in the astrological toolbox. Most importantly, make sure that you get out there and vote if you haven't already. If you'd like to come to Restorative with me and do a release ritual for the full moon in Taurus, make a contribution to Joe Biden or any of the Senate Democrats running in 2020, screenshot that confirmation of that contribution, send it to me, and I will 
be happy to welcome you as my guest on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Take care of yourself. Oh, one last thing. Make sure that you give yourself plenty of self-care this week. Take time every day to take a deep breath, move your body, get sleep, drink enough water, eat healthy meals, and take moments to unplug and check out from the news and everything going on. Okay. Take care of yourself and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, and if you liked the show, please take a moment to leave a review. It will help more people just like you use astrology to dictate their own fate.